those ones, but bars that I assumed were healthy, but uh, my wife told me that they were not. See, I don't, I don't tend to look at the back of the label and the, you know, the ingredients. I just kind of trust the advertisement on the outside. Anybody else do that? The, you know, they show some kind of healthy symbol or they say these are good for you and I just assume I trust the packaging. We, we live in this world um, full of advertisements and commercials and we're inundated with them. And sometimes what they advertise isn't quite what they live up to. I beg to differ, Lays. <laughs> I can't eat just one. Or Nike, you know, Nike says, uh, what, what was the slogan of Nike? Just do, just do it. I tell you, I've got a pair of sweatpants and a hoodie, and every time I put them on, I just do nothing. <laughs> In fact, I, I had three months off. I was, we call it a sabbatical. A couple summers ago, I had a few months off, and you could ask Pastor Colton, who was up here earlier, he can tell you. Um, he came over to my house. Um, he says, okay, if I stop by, I was like, yeah, if you don't mind if I'm in my sabbatical sweats. So I got these specific Nike sweats and a Nike hoodie. And I guarantee it, anytime I put those on, I'm eating Lay's potato chips on my couch doing nothing. Well, I guess I am doing something. And I guess that's the genius of Nike's advertisement. Or Disneyland. We mentioned it, the happiest place on earth. Um, I did go to Disneyland, and I saw children like these all over the place. <laughs> but honest confession, we, we went looking through like a hundred of our kids' pictures, trying to find one where they weren't happy, and we couldn't find any. So, <laughs> so d sometimes the advertisements do hold up a little bit. I, um, M&M's, what is this one? Melt. Melt in your mouth, not in your hand. So I was determined this morning that I was going to prove that M&M's has false advertising. And so last night I was testing it. I, I, I bought two packs, one to test it. And I put M&M's in my hand for 10 minutes. And uh, they didn't melt at all. So, <laughs> so there you go. M&M's. Often our advertisements aren't selling you just a product or selling you more than a product. They're not just referring to the, the chips or the drink or the product, but they're speaking to something quite a bit deeper and different. And if you were to pay attention with the underlying sales pitches of every commercial, you'll, you'll see that there's some common threads um, that reflect and resonate with our deepest human desires. For an example, watch this commercial. Are we doing okay here? Absolutely. And what can I get for you? I'll have one of those. So you go tell your friends you watched a beer commercial this morning at church. Uh, <clears throat> but what, what, is, 
what is it that this commercial is actually selling us? You know, there's an element of relationship and intimacy there. There's an element of escaping to this peaceful place. And those are desires that are inherent in every single human being. If I were to ask you if those desires or those longings exist in your heart, we could all, probably all agree that we want relationship, we want intimacy, we want peace. And good advertisements bring us to a place of agreement. And we won't get into those, uh, those specific sales pitches this morning and in future weeks we will. But good advertisement brings us into a place of agreement. We watch a commercial like that and we say, yeah, I want that. And as soon as we can agree with the product, it's not a very far step for us, or agree with the underlying desire, it's not a far step for us to actually agree with the product or assume that that product might help answer the question or the desire that we have. But this tactic isn't actually that new. It's not new to this marketing world that we live in. It goes back to the beginning of time. Uh, and if you look to the screen, there's a scripture reference there. One of the very first stories we come across in Scripture, Genesis 3, 1 to 6, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will certainly... You will not certainly die, said the serpent, said the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. We have the serpent who gives the sales pitch. And the sales pitch resonates with Adam and Eve. There's something desirable. There's this wisdom that's promised. Uh, they look at the fruit and it looks pleasing. But the question is, did it deliver on its promise? In fact, the names Adam and Eve, which, we, which we're, probably many of you are familiar with the story, uh, the name Adam actually comes from the Hebrew word Adam. You guys say Adam? And that Hebrew word actually just means humankind or mankind. And it isn't until four chapters into the story that this Adam is actually used as a proper name and we refer to him as Adam. So not only is the story about Adam and Eve, the story is actually for the Jewish people who came back to the story over and over again, it was actually their way of understanding the story of humanity itself. That in one way, all of us are Adam. All of us share this common storyline with him. That God created a world in which we were supposed to enjoy him fully, in which we were supposed to be fully satisfied to live in relationship with him and at peace with one another. This is the world of Eden, as we understand it in Scripture. And Adam, humanity, decided that there was an easier way, 
that there was a promise in the sales pitch that was worth pursuing. And we've fallen for the trap over and over again. And in fact, if you read through the story of Scripture, you, you recognize this story repeats itself right, right away in the next uh, in the next generation, in the next chapter, Genesis 4. There's another story where Adam and Eve, they give birth to Cain and Abel. Cain, the first son. Abel, the second son. There's jealousy that arises in Cain's heart. He becomes angry and he ends up killing his brother Abel. And just like now, there's consequences for decisions we make. We make. And God gives Abel a consequence. In verse 12, it says, sorry, God gives Cain a consequence. Cain's the one that kills Abel. In verse 12, God, God says to Cain, when you work the ground from now on, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. And if we go back to the story of Adam and Eve, after Adam and Eve made the decision to not kind of live in God's way, but to pursue their own way, it says that they were uh, moved outside of Eden, east of Eden. And this journey away from Eden actually continues. And we see in verse 16 with the story of Cain and Abel, it, it reads this. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. There's this journey away from life the way that God intended it. East of Eden, the land of Nod. Do you guys know what Nod means? Nod. Somebody said it. What is it? Wandering. That's right. And geographers actually have said that they don't know where the land of Nod is. They're not sure if it ever existed. Cain leaving Eden, wandering, trying to inhabit a land that doesn't actually exist. In fact, we get the, uh, we get the phrase nodding off. Uh, that's probably where it comes from. Um, and what is nodding off? It's what happens often when I'm speaking. I, I see people. <laughs> and what happens when people nod off is, uh, yeah, Isaiah, I'm talking to you. They, they leave the real world and go to a world that doesn't really exist. And the Bible tells the story that humanity constantly moves away from that which is real, that which we were created for, to live in right relationship with God and with others. And we're wandering, looking for a life that doesn't really exist. The story continues through Scripture. In fact, you know, on the other side... Of your Bible, there's this there's this book called Hebrew, kind of, and in chapter 11 it does this big um, reflection on characters throughout Scripture. One of those characters was Abraham, and God told told him to follow him, and he was going to bring him to this promised land that he would show him. So Abraham followed God in faith, and in chapter 11, verse 10 of Hebrews, it says. Abraham was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder was God. 
Abraham had faith that there wasn't actually anything in the city or anything in this world that could satisfy what he was looking for. It refers to other characters in Scripture, and in reference to all of them, it says in verse 16 that instead they were all longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Now, many of you I don't know, but I think there's a part of your story that resonates with the story of Scripture. And it's not just a story of, Ab- of Abraham, of Adam, of Eve, of Cain, of Abel, but it's a story that you and I share in, this wandering. And we live in a world that promises a certain type of life, but it doesn't actually have the ability to deliver on that promise. In fact, in the book of Romans, which is another book in the New Testament, in chapter 5, it refers to Jesus as a second Adam. A second Adam. And what it's referring to is that this wandering that humanity does, that's inherent for every one of us, has come to an end with the second Adam, with Jesus. That with Jesus, our wandering can end. With Jesus, we do get what's advertised. And often churches complain to this too, and we can make all these promises that really no person, no church, no institution can deliver on, but Jesus can. That's why at SunWest, our mission is to guide all people into relationship with Jesus, because um, we have nothing else to boast about but him. We have nothing to offer you but him. And C.S. Lewis says, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. And whether you've been journeying with SunWest for a long time, or maybe you're new here for the first time this morning, that's a question I would just ask you to ask. Do you have desires in your heart that this world cannot satisfy? And if the scriptures are true, if Adam is just more than just a character, uh, a person in our historic past, but it's also a reflection of our own story, then my guess is that that's true for you. And in John 10, 10, Jesus says, I've come to give you life and give it in all its fullness. I've come to be the second Adam. I've come to actually deliver on something that this world cannot give you. In fact, Jesus makes a bold statement, and I'm going to end with this this morning. He says that he has living water. And if you drink the water that he gives you, you'll never grow thirsty again. That's a bold advertisement. He's got living water, and he's saying in every human being... In every Adam, there is this wanderingness about us. There's this part of us that wants to move away from God, that's thirsty, that's searching for something that this world cannot deliver. And Jesus says, I have it. I actually have the living water. And if you take what I give to you, you're never going to go thirsty again. You can stop wandering. So in the next few weeks, it's our hope um, that you will journey with us, that you will explore this Jesus with us. 
Um, it's going to be fun as we, we just pay attention to the messages of this world and the, the promises that are all around us all the time and how those promises actually find their ultimate fulfillment in Jesus. I'm going to invite you to stand, um, and the worship team is, is going to lead us in a song. And, uh, and then I'll come up and make a few closing comments. But before I do...